And we're back. Hi, everybody. Just to get this out of the way, yes, it is I. I'm back. I know that it wasn't <laughs> that long ago that I said that I was leaving this show to focus on other things, but staying with the network and that you would never see me on No Direction Never again. again. <laughs> Unfortunately, Param has had internet connection issues and he needed a last minute replacement and I am a last minute replacement. So welcome to episode 270 of No Direction, the No Direction Network's Pathfinder News Reviews and Interviews podcast. I am guest co-host Ryan Costello. And I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And we once again have a couple of members of, actually a couple of founders from Beetle and Grimm's mm -hmm. to tell us about some of the highest end, the fanciest Pathfinder products that are out there. So first, returning to the show, Bill Rayer. Bill, welcome back. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now, I understand we might get some guest audio from your dogs who have been <laughs> wrestling. They, uh, they, they're, they're both right next to me right now. At this moment, they are calm, but don't be surprised if we, we hear some, uh, some, some dog wrestling action going on. <laughs> uh, and joining us for the first time is the GM of both Beetle and Grimm and this entire gaming group that started this whole company <gasps> is John Ciccolini. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, hi everybody. Thanks for having me. Yes, I am the GM. I, I am known for giving out very little magic. <laughs> Some people will say no magic, but that's actually not true. I, I have given true. out I have given out magic before. Uh, I've been DMing or GMing, depending on what game you're talking about, for longer than I care to admit. I mean, gold can be exchanged for magic and services. True. And True. You if out, you know, you if, about if, gold, if, right? Well, yeah, yeah. If if your if your DM allows you to find places to spend that gold. Oh my goodness! So mean. <laughs> Speaking of spending, no, gold, they're well, they're they're well compensated. Well compensated. <laughs> yeah, Speaking yeah, right, right. We're rich in knowledge. <laughs> rich in knowledge. There you go. Uh, and in product design, apparently, because y'all put out some really, really beautiful things. I was just. I was just drooling. I, okay, literally drooling, I admit, literally drooling over the Absalom box set and all the stuff in it. And I'm just, I'm just excited over here. I'm just like bouncing. I'm, just, I'm literally bouncing. Thank you very much. Vanessa, I have a question for you. I'm just looking at the feed right now. Did you steal our logo off of the internet? I did. I went right on the internet is, and I just stole it. That is. Oh, uh, so we're an all-ages podcast. Uh, we should have mentioned this spiel earlier. Uh, you cannot say anything you wouldn't hear on PG primetime television. And I'm just going to write that no. one down for an edit. Thank you, V. <laughs> so uh, the last time we had you on, Bill, it was uh, right at the beginning of the Kickstarter for the Complete Character Chronicles. Yes. As of now, the physical copies have started to ship out. I believe you're like... 90% fulfilled at this point? Like basically how did the Kickstarter go and where are you at with that Kickstarter now? Yeah, thanks. Um, it, the Kickstarter went extremely well. Um, we have, uh, we, we've shipped all of the physical books for uh, the Kickstarter backers and they are now available for purchase on our website as well at beetleandgrims.com. And um, as well as the physical versions of the books, we are getting ready to uh, release the fillable PDF versions of the books as well. So those are available on the Paizo site right now, and they'll be available on our site as well pretty soon. So that's exciting. How's feedback been? It's been phenomenal, actually. Um, I, I, 
really, um, really grateful for for all the the positive feedback and um, just I I I think we we met expectations, which is which is great and and exceeded them in a lot of a lot of instances. So um, that you know they're they're big books. They're over two hundred pages each. They're not like uh, yeah, they're they're hefty things and. Um, there are a lot of neat little uh, surprises and details in there that I'm, I'm really looking forward to people discovering as they start to work their way through these books. Um, and uh, so I, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll start hearing some feedback on, on some of the little surprises in there that, that maybe aren't available or, or aren't noticeable at first glance. Can I show off mine or do you want to wait oh, for oh. it to be more discovered organically? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, so do, I've got the. Do you have book. some 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 uh, yeah some little discoveries? Yeah, so I particularly liked that we've got this little flip comic in the yeah. back in the journal pages. So just every couple of pages, we get the continuing adventure of this rogue, who's oh my goodness. on their way to the top of the page. What are they up to? <laughs> Here we are, about twenty pages later, they've made it to the top and they found a door. Uh, this so goes cool. on for a while. It's really fun, <laughs> and so even though these are just. The lined pages for me to fill out. This was some of the most exciting pages in the book for me. Right. <laughs> That's my uh, my brother-in-law is a very talented artist named Chris Daly, who we're very fortunate to um, to have access to. And he was the art director for all of these books and was responsible not only for sort of curating all of the fantastic Paizo art that we were given access to. You know, they gave us access to everything. So we have stuff in there from the Pathfinder comics, stuff from first edition, stuff from second edition, from rule books, adventures, everything was available to us. So there's some really neat art in there. A lot of which, you know, a lot of players have never seen before because they're in adventure books or, you know, DM facing books where you never get to see the art. So, um, but he also created a lot of fantastic art for these books, including that, that uh, the, the flip, flip page uh, thing in the rogue book. But um, yeah, there's another uh, really interesting little puzzle to solve in that rogue book that I, and I'm not going to say anything else oh, about it. A puzzle? I hope somebody figures it out at some point. We'll see. Sounds you got to take cool. over. I got to flip every page of this 200 page book. Oh, my God. And then solve it. Yeah. And uh, just a warning. I am bad at puzzles. Well, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, please don't do that. Um, so did you put like little Easter eggs like that in all the different books? And yeah, I'll. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. No, no. I, I was I'll, gonna say, and are the class specific? Yeah. Yeah. So all five okay. of them have have little, uh, very unique things to them that um, that are very class specific, and mm -hmm. hopefully we just make them all feel really different. Um, the the fighter book um, was one of the, my favorite to work on because we did. Um, there's a whole like in world catalog of weapons and armor inside the the fighters book. Oh, that's so um, cool. That is done like one of those old 1920s Sears Roebuck catalogs. Mm -hmm. It was so fun to work on, and and uh, Rob and Shar Eargang, who were the um, the layout directors on these books, um, did a lot of the writing for that as well. And they, it, it is so funny, and um, there's a lot of text in there. And you know, people will read it through it. You know, a month from now, six months from now, they'll sit down and really read some of the stuff that's in there. And it's just a blast. So uh, really, really proud of how that part came out. Well, that's so. amazing. The, those books just seem like 
the sort of top quality thing you would want if you know that you're doing this like big epic campaign and you're going to be with these characters for a while and really want to just you know dedicate the the love you have for the character to their their character sheet you know and and yes we we adore our printed out coffee stained kind of ripped character sheets that i scribbled on the margins but these are just so cool because they they become sort of just a neat living document for the character yeah thanks i think i said this when i was here before but i'll i'll just repeat it um the the original idea for this came from the fact that you know beetle and grim were actually characters in one of john's campaigns many many years ago and when people started asking us questions about the characters and and the adventures that they went on we really couldn't remember a lot of it and and um we're trying to remember like oh was that that was that that campaign or was that another campaign and we were really wishing that we had some kind of a a more clear written record of that those characters lives and and um so that's what got us excited about this idea to begin with so yeah my, i mean my hope is that these books don't end up on someone's shelf in pristine condition right <laughs> the, the idea is that they will end up dog-eared scribbled <laughs> all over and they'll feel really worn by the time they're all said and done sitting on your on your uh drawer yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't want them to be uh, like a, a collector's item in the in the pristine sense. You want it to be a like a tome of lore, telling the history of of great adventures and and fantastic That's right. happenings. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know we we've done five classes. Um, we've done sort of what we um, you know as as old TSR uh, <laughs> adventurers. You know what we kind of think of as the core four. You know the the fighter, cleric, rogue, and wizard, and then we added druid. So we've got five books now, and um, you know we're just really hoping that people get excited about them, and and with success, we're we're planning another set of these classes and uh, another set of books. So um, just really hopeful that that people have, are as excited about them as we are, and and we can keep going with them. Now there's a very good chance this will remain a prestige coffee, a pristine coffee mine. But what I really appreciate is that now that you've released a PDF, I can start a campaign with like, oh, I don't know how long this is going to be. I don't know how epic this character is going to end up. And if I'm filling it out on the PDF, and then it's like, no, this character is actually worthy of this journal. I can just transcribe. I haven't like started the campaign, lost that chunk of the details. I've got the whole adventure and this character's whole life that can now be like enshrined in this beautiful one of a kind. Well, not one of a kind, but for me, my one and only copy of this hardcover book. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Very cool. Well, um, so so you did all these five class books, and then now you're doing more things for Pathfinder. And the latest one is that Absalom box set, which I am gaga over. I am just, I'm freaking out. And I am, I'm looking for how to like scrape the money together to buy this beautiful thing. Cause it is wonderful. Why don't you tell us about the Absalom box set? How did you, how did you come to, to decide to do that? Yeah. Bill, did you want to start with that or did you want me to? Um, well, yeah, I'll start real quick, but John's the project lead on Absalom. Um, so I'll, I'll let him do most of the talking, but just real quick, you know, when we, um, when we first started talking to Paizo, they have been such, um, generous collaborative partners. Uh, mm -hmm. I really can't say enough about oh, yeah. how great they are to work with. And, um, so we've always had the idea that we were going to do a box set of something for them. Um, just in a similar way to what we've been doing with 
with um, with D&D, but um, we were hopeful we could find something about our first box for Paizo that would be a little bit different, something that we hadn't quite done before. And um, when they told us about this city guide for Absalom, which, it, by the way, just if, if you don't buy the box, buy the book, because it, it is an amazing resource. It's the kind of thing, you know, us old people growing up in the 80s, um, looking at the old Greyhawk resources of, you know, these kinds of, uh, of, of an area um, resource for a DM that you can just imagine all of the things, the amazing things that would happen in this place. And there's so much detail in that book about this legendary city. Um, that it really just sparks your imagination in a hundred different directions, just reading it through. So we, what we got really excited about, about it, reading it and excited about what the kind of resource it could be for a GM. And, um, and we knew from, uh, from our experience with Waterdeep with D&D, which is also a city-based campaign, mm -hmm. that, um, that doing stuff for a city really um, connects well with what we do well, with creating in-world handouts, creating jewelry and badges and things. Um, mm. There's lots of opportunities for that in a city-based campaign. So we got very excited about that. And, um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to John for what we, what, where we went from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I love city campaigns. I love them. They're they're so rich. They're they're so complicated, right? You've got the politics, you've got the factions, you've got the NPCs, the the crazy powerful head of the thieves guild and the the the, the council. I, I just I love the depth that a city campaign brings, and this is the most in depth city. Uh, a book that I've, I think I've ever seen. I mean, it's like 400 pages. It's, it's crazy how, how detailed it is and, and how much work that the guys over at uh, Paizo have put into this thing. It's, it's, it's really impressive. Um, and, and it was so much fun working on this, which, you know, creating all of these materials that help bring it to life. Yeah, it's um, so full disclosure, I, I worked on the book. I did two of the sections there, uh, Wise Quarter and the Docs. And it's 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 definitely a book that took many hands, right? A bunch of freelancers pitched in on this, wrote a bunch of things. I know Eric Mona added a lot of his own uh, takes on things and expanded all over the place, making it the the hefty book that requires a crane that it is today. But it um, it is a it is a like you said, it is a great book. It is a very comprehensive look at the city and all the different parts in it. And each part of the city gets a dedicated amount of, of details uh, and different locations that you can run a variety of adventures just in one quarter. Because it doesn't just say, well, this is just this part of the city where the theaters are and that's it. Anyway, it, it's like, yeah. no, 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 there's other things going on here. And here's here's kind of the inside scoop. And if you read across not only one section, but multiple sections, you'll see these through lines of like campaign threads that are happening all across the city. They're like, wait a second, they talked about that NPC over in the other district. And you can sign up. Yeah, it's really good at cross-referencing. 
So yes. when you when you read the NPCs, the NPCs tell you where in the in the city they can be found and what they're doing. And then when you're reading about the city, it introduces all of these NPCs and which NPCs could be found in what locations. And it's it's just so rich. It's it's great. Uh, you know, I I agree. Like you could you could run a campaign up until third, fourth, fifth level and never leave the wise quarter or or the puddles. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there, there are these districts that are just so rich that you could run a whole campaign in just that district and feel like you're you're in a full world. It's mm -hmm. the, the, the city is so big, it feels like you could, uh, you know, explore an entire continent and never leave the city walls. Yeah, and there, you know, it, it, the nice thing about putting your characters in a in a city for a long period of time is it forces you to um, explore a whole different skill set than when you're just dungeoneering. You know, mm -hmm. like there, there's a lot more role playing involved. Um, there's a lot more, uh, you know, sort of charisma based kind of activities and um, it, it, you're, you're, you know, a character like a rogue or a bard takes on a very, very different role in a city-based campaign than it might when you're just, you know, crawling through a dungeon underground. And I love that about these kinds of things. Well, one thing that that struck me, you were talking about all the cross, cross excuse me, cross-referencing that happens in the Absalom book. And you've put together these cards, both NPC cards and location cards that I just think are really cool because now you have your art, you've got all sorts of information about that uh, NPC, which is super handy if you're running that city campaign and you're the GM to be like, okay, they run into this person. What what were the Cliff's notes on them? Where else yeah. might they be found? Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. You know, and then with the, the picture, you can just clip that right into your GM screen so that the players can see their full portrait and then you can see all of the, the text. And I just think that's really cool. And I'm, I'm a sucker yeah. for cards, by the way. Yeah, I, I love the cards too. And, and the way these cards came out are they're, they're really sort of a metaphor for the difference between a city campaign and a dungeon, because usually when we do encounter cards, we have stat blocks on the DM side. But for these NPC cards, it's all about the role playing. What's their history? What, who are they? What are they? What are they about? Um, and we also have what we've never done before, a set of location cards. So you've got a picture of a building on one side for the PCs to look at, while the DM can look at all of the information about what, what, what is this, what's going on at this building? What, how is it important to the city of Absalom? Uh, so that was super fun. Yeah, the location right. cards are, are really cool. And I, I like the art because it really helps transport you there. And again, I th just think that's a, such a cool reference as you're running around the city to be like, oh, here's where you're at. Boop. And then all of the, the players can keep in mind like, OK, this is the feel of this part of the city. While the GM just has all that data on the back to pull from. And that's, that's just really cool. It's really helpful. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, it, it's it's always been something that we've been aware of, that there's so much great art in the GM facing texts, whether they're the adventures or the source books, that is, you know, it's if, if it's printed on a page that only the GM is supposed to read, very often the players will never get to see that at all, or they'll just see it, you know, like show it for an instant where you're trying to block out the text on the other page or whatever. Um, so we really just want to share all of that fantastic art with the players and help them get immersed in the feel of the city. Can we talk about the GM screen for a minute? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. That this book Tell me about the GM screen. screen. <laughs> yeah, so well, the, it the, just feels like GM screens. You've either got the basics of the rules on the reference side, or you've got these like five hundred dollar wooden like uh, fortresses right. that you put in front of you, and they've got like rolling uh, dice towers and whatnot built into them. Right. There's such They're a gap cool. for like. I need references for Absalom. I'm running an Absalom. I know how to run Pathfinder. I don't need Pathfinder references, but I need Absalom references. So I love that that is exactly what you're offering here. And it summarizes everything I need to run Absalom right in front of me, clearly laid out in nice pictures. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, right? right? You, you, you've you got the information that you need that, oh, at a glance, what was this guy? Oh yeah, here he is. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the head of blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it, it also allows us to do uh, our own art for the exterior, um, which is always the one of the funnest parts of the job for me is to create uh, to get a great artist like Siddharth Chaturvedi, who did the the exterior of the DM screen, uh, the GM screen for this box, and he just does amazing work, and he 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 knocked it out of the park again for this. It's it's so dynamic that that image he did for us. Yeah, it's, it's another reason why, um, you know, we got really excited about Absalom because GM screens are really awesome, as you said, for like area specific references, but it has to be an area the players are going to stay in for a while. You know, if it's if it's a kind of adventure where they're changing areas every 10 pages, it's it's a lot harder to come up with a super useful GM screen interior, but when they're staying in one place for a long time, you can do some amazing stuff with that and really get a lot of added value out of that screen. So talking about the art on the front, I I love the dynamics of it, but I'm not entirely sure what's happening. It looks like a <laughs> flying, some kind of flying pirate ship has crashed into a mountain and everyone's just pouring off the side. So the, the concept of that art is that they're in the precipice quarter. Okay. And within the precipice quarter, the smugglers have these, these bases of operation that are up on the cliffs that if they get raided, they can pull a rope, they can pull a lever, and the, the entire base of operations will fall off the edge of the cliff and into the oh. waters below so that there is no, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing. Yeah, it's all, so it's all in the harbor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So what you've got here is you've got these PCs battling these smugglers as the entire uh, the entire base of operations about is about to fall off the cliff. You don't get self-destruct buttons in fantasy as often as you do. That's exactly what it is. That's right. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh, the product page on your site also mentions that there is bonus adventures. Does this art tie into one of the four exclusive adventures that were written for this edition? Yeah, so the art doesn't but the battle maps included all tie in and we have some in-world handouts that tie in. And I can't talk about the bonus adventures without giving a shout out to Jessica Catalan, who oh, did, nice. yes, who wrote one of the bonus adventures for nice. this box. She did an amazing job. Um, I, I can't speak enough about her talent and professionalism. It was great working with her. Uh, and yeah, we're we're super excited about the four adventures that come in this box. They're very diverse. Uh, they they cover a lot of different areas and and types of adventure. So I think I think folks are going to get a lot of fun out of those. Can you give us an idea how big is each adventure? 
Yeah. So the I think the booklet, they all come in a booklet and the booklet, I believe, is 28, 30 pages. Uh, so okay. the shorter ones might be four to six pages, while the longer ones are more like eight. Uh, so the shorter like ones, are, the shorter ones should probably be a one shot, whereas mm -hmm. the two longer ones, Jessica, Jessica's being one of the longer ones, would be two, maybe three sessions. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to you know um, we we've all done this or at least I, I assume we've all done this as as GMs where you buy a source book and you get excited about the area but you're not really sure how to get started and get get the players going in in that area and it's it's nice to have a couple of short quick adventures that that investigate cool parts of the city that get the players excited and invested and. Um, so we, 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 we were very, again, very grateful to Paizo that they let us contribute these written adventures to this, you know, what, what, what is such a, um, an important city in their universe. Hmm. Yeah. Vanessa, we have a question from chat. Oh. Plugging chat is usually Param's job. Do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I usually do. I've been trying to manage the art, so we'll, we'll both tackle it. All right, well, we have a question from Rick C, the GM, but before we get to that, V, how do people join in live and participate in these episodes? Uh, that's a great question. So we uh, broadcast live on Twitch every other Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and you can join us there at that time. And uh, we inter you know, we look at chat all the time, answer your questions live during the show. Uh, if you missed the live show, the video on demand is available as well as a podcast. Uh, you can also find links to all of these resources and a ton of fantastic blog information on nodirectionpodcast.com. So uh, Rick M, <laughs> the GM, says, will Beetle and Grimms be doing more boxes for various other key cities like Katapesh City, Corvosa, and similar? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, if if they if Paizo comes out with a new release book for one of those, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, what we, about uh, the Moangi Expanse? That covers a big, uh, like a continent worth of the campaign setting. Mm -hmm. And it was a very popular book. Yeah, it was... it's, it, I, I'll I'll say just on a very practical level, and without getting you know like talking shop too much, it's hard for us to go backwards. When we miss the opportunity to get our product out at the same time that the book is coming out, um, it's challenging for us to try to contribute something um, after everybody has already purchased the the hardcover book. Um, so we we generally speaking, our focus is trying to coordinate with Paizo on new releases so that we can sync up with them and. Um, and, you know, we never quite hit their publishing date because, you know, we get the text so late. Everything mm -hmm. with, with working for Beetle and Grimm's is just a constant scramble of, you know, like every time <laughs> we start, we're two months behind and we're trying to catch up. Taking but as much off. as we can, we really do try to sync with a new release and, um, and that's, uh, at least for now, that's that's what seems to work best for us. Mm -hmm. So we'll be looking at their, you know, the 2022-2023 the calendars and trying to find what will be the next great 
uh, match for us in terms of you know what we do combined with with what it is that they're they're coming out with so well That's interesting it. i kind of assumed that uh, the absalom special edition was coming out around the same time as absalom the regular edition because that book had been delayed several times so i figured this was something you had in the works and figured it would come out like a, a, a year later or so but apparently my assumption is totally wrong there hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we wanted to we wanted to sync up exactly with them, um, you know, like everybody else on the planet. We've had some um, supply chain issues um, that have delayed us a little bit longer than we thought. We basically the whole box is ready except for one or two pieces that we just can't get uh, in into our warehouse. So. Um, but uh, we're very close and, you know, we, we appreciate people's patience as we, we get everything together. Well, it, if you are looking for the next big box set and I know you feel like you've missed the, the mark or, you know, missed the opportunity for Moengi, uh, the Moengi Expanse book was incredibly celebrated and beloved by the fans. And I, I think, at least for me, that would definitely be something that would pique my interest, even if it came out two years down the line. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, that book was so good. Look what they've done with it. And uh, and so I eh, maybe you should I just employ you to, to explore your options because it, it, it was a fantastic one. Um, we do have another question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say I really appreciate <laughs> the input. You know, like sure. every time we hear from people. Um, for you, the people in the chat, anybody who wants to just, you know, send in an email and say, hey, this is this is what we're interested in. We really, especially in the Pathfinder universe, because we're just starting to work in this area and connect with these fans. Um, you know, we really want to hear your feedback. We want to know what people are excited about. So please uh, let us know. Well, you are getting a lot of love for a, the potential of a Moingi Expanse book in chat. So there's that. Okay, good. Uh, I do have a question, though. Uh, any plans, this is from Kitsune Warlock, any plans for plushies in future Paizo products uh, like you did for Kamigawa? Because a lushy plushie would be great. <laughs> um, you know, Matt is the eternal champion of the plushies. Um, every product we do, Matt pushes for a plushie. Um no, no, not sure why he gets so excited about them, but he does. Um, so I, I, have no doubt, <laughs> I have no doubt that there will be a, there will be a plushie in our future. Right. You know, the paladin in Pathfinder is called the champion and there is a ancestry called the poppet, which is basically an animated action figure. So you could play a champion of the plushies. Oh, you go. sweet. Perfect. <laughs> We, you know, we we considered a badger plushie. Uh, yes, we did. That's right. We were actually very close to a badger. We were very close to a badger plushie, but uh, decided to go with the badger coasters instead. After after a few uh, conversations about it. Yeah, and and uh, and and by the way, remember when I said there's one piece that we're out, we're waiting on? It's mm -hmm. it's the bad word badger coaster, which are <laughs> there's. They're so cool. I love them. They're hilarious, but they're taking forever. So in <laughs> retrospect, kind of wish we had done the plushie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is the Badger Coaster part of Absalom? Like that's going to be in the box? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're that crazy. There's a set <laughs> of coasters from the Tri-Stripe Society in the box. Cool. Yeah. yeah. There's We're a set of four wooden cardstock. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, they're wood. Four wooden nice. wood coasters in a, in a wooden holder. Yeah. 
like engraved wood with burned in images. It's, they're beautiful. They were up on the screen a second ago. I can try to load them again, but the images keep cycling. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, box yeah. actually comes with so many physical things like a, a guard's badge and the coins and just so many little physical trinkets and Aspis consortium, uh, consortium badge. Um, yeah. What what inspired you to to put the different types of physical objects in there? Well, I, I, sorry, I'll I'll speak no, no, first. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You can correct me. Um, you, you know, like like I said, we you know we got one opportunity to work on a city based campaign before, which was D and D's Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't have as much freedom with that one because it it has a you know a full adventure in it. So we were trying to like you know pay service to the adventure as much as we could. With this one, th this is one of the things we were most excited about was. Um, you know, all of the opportunities within a city setting. Um, and honestly, it was it was a matter of a very long list and us just trying to chop it down to a manageable number of things because we could have done 20 more pieces if we'd uh, had the ability to. Don't you think, John? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, there's so many, there's so many factions um, and iconography in that, in that, event in that uh, book that we could have done another six or seven pieces if we thought we wanted to explode our budget beyond beyond uh, beyond anything. But uh, yeah, we picked the ones that we think are going to have a lot of great use and are going to look really cool. What was the process like familiarizing yourself with Absalom? A lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot a of dense book. There's a lot of reading. Yeah, I, I will say one of the biggest challenges, and I know this sounds idiotic, but, um, you know, generally speaking, we're trying to get as much of a head start as we can with the pieces that we're, we're working on. So generally speaking, we'll get the text without the art. I, it's difficult to explain how much harder that text is to get through when you don't have any art with it. It just it just becomes work <laughs> and, <laughs> and God bless all of the layout artists and all of the artists who put these books together because it makes for such a, a more pleasant and sort of immersive experience for the reader um, once the whole thing is put together in the way that these, they put these books together. So, um, you know, when the, fortunately for us with Absalom, when we first got handed, I think our first draft had a lot of the art in it, didn't it, John? Yeah. That's my memory yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. We were lucky with this one. Well, that makes sense. It's based on like a 15-year-old city in the campaign. Yeah. So it's got a lot of art already attached to it. So I have a feeling mm -hmm. it, maybe even if you didn't see all the final pieces, there was enough reference pictures that they could send you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the great part about a city piece is that so much of it is the role playing and so much of it is the NPCs and the locations and not so much the, the adventure, like the dungeon, hmm. that you could, you could take this city and you could put it in a Pathfinder 1 campaign. You could put it in a 5e campaign and it would, it would, it would play amazingly because all of the elements in the box or all of the elements, except maybe like the bonus encounters, but even those you could easily adapt um, are rules agnostic. So it's, it's, it's that, that's one of the things I love about this product. Now looking at the picture of the box, 
I can imagine how much it would weigh and how big it would be, but then I think of the the complete character guide that I got, and it's much heavier than I was expecting, especially <laughs> with the thick cardstock uh, sleeve that I got. So any estimate on just how much shelf space and how sturdy a shelf I would need for this product? Yeah, yeah, you better you better put some reinforcement on your shelves because these boxes are heavy. Um, okay. So we're talking more like a D10 than a D8 in terms of if you were to bludgeon someone with it, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. Yes, for sure. And, yeah. and you know, you're not just getting the box, right? Because you're getting mm -hmm. the box, but within the packing box, you're also getting the map tube. So you're oh, getting I know. A, oh, okay. You're getting a cardboard tube with a removable yes. top that has all of the rolled up battle maps and area maps in there so that they're not, you know, they're not all folded up in the yes. box. They come in a tube. Can I tell you and that? Those... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I am. I'm just such a map nerd. Uh, I want to paper my office in fantasy maps. I have a big Lord of the Rings one that's been like sitting on cardboard to flatten it out for years. And I think I might almost be ready to go up. And I just I like I love that they're coming rolled up in this in this uh, tube so that they are, are ready to be framed and mounted on the wall or whatnot, because they are just so beautiful. Uh, and I've seen some of the maps that you have in there. I'll put them up on the screen here in a minute. But they are just they're just gorgeous maps. And even the the exclusive one of the Isle of the Star Tone of Isle of Cortos is just just very cool. So here we go. There's just yeah. so many cool new maps. The battle maps, uh, we have we have a number of battle maps in there that were done by an artist, Marco Bernardini. Super, super talented guy. That's so good. Uh, the 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 people are going to be blown away when they put those battle maps on their table to run an encounter. And, and then we took the Starstone Isle map that was in the book and did our own version of it. We, we did a did a sort of a redo of it so that it was larger and felt a little more in world the artist alan azez did that for us that's also oversized of course we have the city maps themselves mm -hmm. uh, we've got a one poster sized map of the whole absalom and then we've got two poster sized maps of the city proper so like zoomed in on just the the districts uh so those are going to be uh super useful as well those sound great I mean, I, I'm gushing this whole book, this whole, this whole box rather. It's like the maps and all the little like coins and stuff. It's just, it's all the things that just really get me excited. Thanks. So we have a couple more the, questions uh, from chat. Rick, the GM was asking about expanding the class books to include more Pathfinder classes. So we did talk earlier about having the, the four pillars of uh, fantasy role playing games. Uh, the Druid is the fifth one that you got to with your, uh, with the Kickstarter. When, uh, when will we know if there will be a future for more complete class chronicles? Um, yeah, you know, we're just keeping an eye on it. Um, we, you know, uh, unfortunately, th there is a business side to this, and and we have to see that that the interest level is high enough for us to continue to 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 commit to this. Uh, making books is is a um, it's a high sweat equity, um, high upfront investment kind of project, um, which mm -hmm. is why we decided to um, to do the first five books as a Kickstarter because um, it's it's really difficult. You know, it's a lot of work. These aren't small, and and um, but you know, we uh, 
we we had a um, we had a sixth book that was going to be our last stretch goal, and we just fell short of it. Um, but we were um, once we we unlocked Druid as the first stretch goal, we started doing some prep work on the sixth book. Um, so we've uh, we've made it far enough down the road that that Rob and Shar and I are all just like super excited about finishing it. So I'm I'm really hopeful that the um, the interest level will be high enough that we can keep it going because it's it is a lot of fun to work on and and we have some great ideas going forward. So. Well, going back to the idea that I might never actually fill in the book, one thing I know I'm going to be filling in is that sleeved into the back of this is basically a oh, yeah. player's combat board with, uh, it's the battle board, it's got all of the references that I need as a rogue, uh, so rules reference on the back, and then I can also jot down all my notes on a cheat sheet at the front, which anytime I play a second edition character, I've got this kind of information in an Excel document. So uh, if I... Uh, playing Pathfinder Society or whatnot at a convention or at a store, I'll be bringing this with me if I'm playing a rogue character. And I have a feeling this alone will spur a lot of conversations that will then lead for me talking about, if not showing off, if I'm bold enough to bring this with me, the <laughs> complete character chronicles that I'm so happy with. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, each of those, each of the books has that battle board in it and, and it, each one is unique to that character class. So each one is a little bit different depending on uh, the needs of, of that class and, and hopefully people will find them really useful. That's actually a good point. I think we were talking about, uh, Ryan, you were talking before about filling stuff out in a PDF and maybe transcribing it if the, if the campaign had gone long enough. And I think that some of my longest lived characters that have played the most adventures are society characters. And this kind of really makes me want to like, you know, if when I get back into society again, uh, playing one of those five classes just so I can get the book and be like, nope, this is my character sheet. This is my book and I'm writing everything down in here uh, because that is such a cool presentation piece also to have at the table and be like, oh, what are you playing? I'm playing a rogue. Boom. I'm playing a wizard. Here's my tome, you know, <laughs> and uh, and just I don't know. It's just so cool. It just has such a such a cool factor to it. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, on the subject of Pathfinder Society, Lava Being was asking if there's any Pathfinder Society related material in the Absalom product. Uh, they follow uh, up by saying they'd love to see some maps and NPC cards for uh, some of that parts of the setting. Yeah, well, we, we certainly have a, an, a location card for the Pathfinder. Uh, the Lodge. The Lodge. We have several key NPCs. Uh, NPC cards for them. One of our bonus encounters utilizes, has the, the PCs being hired by the Pathfinder Society. Nice. Uh, to do a job for them. Uh, so yeah, we, we, it's, it's certainly, you know, it's certainly entangled in there all throughout. Is the art you have Skyreach Citadel, like the really big, super tall tower? Yes. Yes, so cool. it's a piece of the, it's it's the it's that citadel. You know, I'll also call out that we have a bunch of in-world handout elements, and one of them is a Pathfinder convocation poster. Oh, yeah. oh cool! Uh, so that I think uh, folks will have a lot of fun with. It's a great hook to get your players into a you know in, into an adventure that takes the pathfinder convocation event in <laughs> in play uh so these are these are pieces that look like they're in world so if they find a note 
they see a poster, they get handed a, a pamphlet by one of the half-handers who are trying mm -hmm. to bring down the government. Uh, rather than just read it or explain it, you you hand them the piece and let them read it for themselves and find the little nuggets and the and the adventure hooks right in there. That is so cool. Yeah, come to the convocation. Uh, enjoy partaking in the grand melee. Nothing bad will happen this year. We double promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there, there's sure to be no attack this year. Yeah. <laughs> No rift through time. No, like what other bad things have happened? Oh, that nice is so quiet event. <laughs> nice quiet event. Very cool. All right, um, uh, we are coming up on our hour. We've got a couple more comments from chat that I want to talk about. So sure. Saint Dormatius says that they have two of the chronicles: Wizard in print, uh, cleric in PDF, and Thank they're you. so hoping for Alchemist for reasons. So. Not a question, just a comment that uh, if you're looking for suggestions, they are hoping that you get an alchemist, which is a class that uh, is probably the most complicated class from the core rulebook. So mm. it would probably really benefit from this kind of treatment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's it's fun to, like we want these things to be super useful. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to do a class that really um, demands a little more detail. So I, I think we could have a lot of fun with alchemists. That would be, that'd be a fun one to do. It is also a class that uses books. Yeah, so just, that's you know, It's a prop on top of being a, a tool. Interesting. Yeah, because it's like you have your formula book, so it might as well. Uh, right? Rick the GM also recommends that you go to PaizoCon this year. Oh, uh, we would love to actually. We, I mean, if somebody could just end this whole virus nonsense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an alchemist could really appreciate it. <laughs> an alchemist right. might be able to. <laughs> we would like to go back to live cons. We actually really enjoy them. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, we, we've we, we are uh, we're we're very um, we're very interested in doing PaizoCon, um, and and we're also really hopeful that Paizo will be back in full force at Gen Con this year because um, they've always, you know, had a um, a really cool, impressive presence oh. there. And um, we'd like to see them back in full force. So we're, we're very hopeful for that. I can't remember. When is Paizo Con? You... It is in May, typically. Memorial Day weekend? Is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. So it goes uh, Friday through Monday, although Monday is usually just having breakfast the with people and catching, day. yeah, and, and catching your flight. And there might be one more panel in the morning and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. Well, so for those of you listening who work at the CDC, you have <laughs> two months to figure this sorry, stuff out. Ding. We'll bookend to the interview. Yeah, right. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yes. So uh, May, we will be hopeful for that. And, okay. you know, they have until the end of May. Consider Warlock just posted the exact dates. It's the 27th to the 30th. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I probably have to book my flight in early May. So if they could get it solved by then. Seattle, you could drive. <laughs> I have a looking? vague idea of where you live. <laughs> We're all in Los Angeles, except for... Uh, oh, okay. Same time zone. Same yeah. time zone. It can't be that far. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's only so far you could go north and south. It's only like, what, 16-hour drive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh. listen to a podcast like No Direction, and you'll be there in no time. Right. Oh, sweet. 
Book it. <laughs> Fantastic. Anything else that you want to shout out or mention? We're coming up on on your your hour that uh, that we promised we'd let you go after. So. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, just just a just a thank you to everyone who we worked with at Paizo, uh, the artists, the original art that we had, the artists that contributed, Jessica, the writer, um, you know, the graphic designers that contributed. Rob and Shar were instrumental. We have another graphic designer. His name is Gordon, who did a lot of great work on it. So uh, just a shout out to everybody who helped bring it to life because. You know, we're just sort of shepherding it. Those are the real sort of talents. Oh, cool. And do we have an estimated release date? I know, given, you know, shipping and such situations, estimate is with a grain of salt. Not but... that I'm bitter. <laughs> is there a projected, yeah, I, even, I, like, I would pessimistic be, date? I would be shocked if we weren't shipping out the door by the end of March. Oh, okay. It's, so it's close. Potentially someone at Gen Con could pick this up off a shelf uh gen oh yeah for sure right. gen con. yeah yeah for sure if we miss gen con we're in real trouble oh, no. <laughs> all right all right okay. excellent uh so uh just to wrap things up where can people find out more about you and more about beetle and grims i'll start with bill uh, you can't find me anywhere uh, because I'm too old for social media but um <laughs> but you can you can find Not all of my space what was that? Oh, Do you have no. a MySpace? MySpace, yeah. No, I, I even missed that train. Uh, yeah, you can write me a letter. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, we, we, we do have people who do that sort of thing. We, we have Beetle and Grimms on, on Twitter and uh, on Instagram and uh, beetleandgrimms.com for all of your, your gaming needs. So, um, yeah, uh, you you can if you if you write if you really need to talk to me specifically, I don't know why you would, but um, <laughs> you can write the support goblin at uh, at beetleandgrims.com and they will get the message to me. They always do when somebody has something to complain about. <laughs> John, how about you? Are you a little more tech savvy and internet present? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I I have a very small presence on social media, but what I will call out is that we, uh, Beetle and Grimm's is running a Pathfinder one-shot, uh, an Absalom stream in March. Uh, I believe it's going to be the 12th. If it's not the 12th, it's the 19th. But if you're interested in listening to that, please uh, keep an eye on our Twitter because we will be announcing that about a week prior in March and we'll be, it'll be on our Twitch stream. Uh, super excited about that. Excellent. And it'll be, will you be running it? I won't be running it, uh, but it, I, but it might be one of the uh, bonus encounters that I wrote. Cool. Who is running that, John? I ask this because I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're still finalizing that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So if people are volunteers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking volunteers. <laughs> Uh, no, we we we, 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 we we know who's doing it. I just not sure oh, okay. we're prepared to announce it yet. Gotcha. Okay. But do you uh, know who's uh, playing it? You. Oh well, okay. All right. Well, you, you heard are. it here first. First time hearing of this week. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. The first time I'm hearing of it too. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, yep. thank you. This is quite an honor. <laughs> 
right. well, thanks again quite, to you quite both. Quite a coveted gig to come play with you. <laughs> so you know, be very cool actually. <laughs> Uh, something else I forgot to mention in the pre-show is oh. that the on-air goodbye is the real goodbye. So we're about to do an on-air goodbye. And then when V will transition to our shout-out segment at the end, uh, you guys can just log off of the call. Normally yep. we say this ahead of time. I am rusty. I'm sorry. I oh, should have also sorry. told you that. We are both not good at our jobs sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. been great. So you're saying we should leave? No, no, not yet. Not until we've had the on-air oh, goodbye. Oh, okay. So now we'll say the on-air goodbye. The on-air goodbye. <laughs> It's uh, been so nice. Thank you very much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. And uh, it's Absalom... awkward at all. I just want to say <laughs> it's very smooth. It's how you know you're what having we fun. Do. I'm back. I'm back in the high school cafeteria. <laughs> oh, it's Step high away, school awkward. Just promise oh. we're not going to talk about you behind I your didn't back. think I'd ever go back there. Oh, you were walking that direction? I mean, I was walking that direction. We just said goodbye. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah. Should I stand I here? I someone down the bit? hall too early, and now we've got the long <laughs> eye contact walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's awkward. There's no way around it. <laughs> well, thank you both for joining us. This was fun. And uh, it, it's thank exciting. The Absalom City of Lost Omens Gold Edition just looks like such a cool product, and it's fun to talk about cool products. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to talk to you again. All right. Take care. V, we'll be right back. Yeah. I guess, I guess I'm telling you to say that. I don't know. Well, well what's the episode. next segment? <laughs> it's been uh, an episode. Uh, shout outs. We're wrapping up, right? Okay. Yeah, I can do it. We need to, sh- we need to wrap up. <laughs> wrap ups and shout outs. Wrap ups and shout outs. Wrap ups. Wrap ups and shout outs. <sighs> I forgot you do that live. We could have done a duet. Oh, what? Is is it too late though? I think we can no, still do it. No, it's not too it. late for this okay. episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, how, all right. how are we going to? No, just just start and we'll figure it out. We're goblins; okay. it doesn't matter. A couple of goblins. Okay. Wrap ups and, and shout outs. Wrap ups and shout outs. Wrap ups. Wrap ups and shout In case I haven't complimented you publicly for taking over that gig, you uh, are doing an amazing job with the Goblin Transitions. Thank you so much. They're a lot of fun to do. (laughs) And I have a lot of water here nearby, so I can still do the next segment. Oh, good. So thank you for joining us for episode 270 of No Direction, No Direction Network's Pathfinder News Reviews and Interviews podcast. Before we go, we'd like to shout out to a couple of things that we think might be of interest to you as Paizo fans or just people who have the same interests as us. Uh, I don't have anything prepared. V, how are you doing? No, I was going to wait for you to go. Um, mostly just shameless self-promotion. So, uh, Bellum and Lace, which takes place in the city of Absalom, uh, specifically and mostly the Wise Quarter, although it does open in the puddles. Um, so Vellum and Lace episode four is now out, uh, and it's really good. I'm in the process of writing episode five. Uh, we're ramping up with, uh, well, I would give away the plot, but we're about to hit some really exciting adventure stuff in the next chapter. So that'll be really cool. Um, and we've even gotten some of the uh, some of the extra writing on our Patreon. So if you are interested in seeing a little bit more of those characters, definitely sh- uh, shoot over there and you'll see uh, maybe more than you wanted to. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun writing this with uh, with Helen Savor, my co-author on this, and uh, she is a fantastic partner to have on this and i hope that she does 
uh, more Pathfinder related writing, even though she's writing her own sort of series of books and stuff. Very cool. All right, a couple of things that I want to shout out to then. I Great. actually don't have a venue for shouting out to network stuff anymore, other than, you know, my weekly blog, which I guess is 100% a venue for shouting out to network stuff, but whatever. <laughs> a couple of things that I want to bring attention to on the network. Uh, the last episode of Presenting had Connor Alexander, who was the uh, des the developer of the Coyote and Crow role-playing game, uh, which was a... Uh, how is it described? I want to make sure that I'm getting the terminology right, but I believe it was a science fantasy. Anyway, uh, it was a role-playing game that kickstarted last year. It was extremely popular, has really distinct art style, and mm. it does a, uh, take place in a world where colonialism didn't come to North America. And so the indigenous people were able to thrive and develop their community and then eventually develop magic and become mm. uh, the heroes of a sci-fi setting. It... Uh, did gangbusters on kickstarter which was to the surprise of connor alexander and so in this episode of presenting he just talks about that he talks about not expecting to be a huge hit how he has uh taken the success of this kickstarter and helped uh additional aboriginal um uh, designers and artists get spotlighted and it was just it was a really positive episode a really good interview and it was someone that I, I've never met and knew nothing about. And I only was vaguely familiar with his game. And I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved the entire interview. So John Godek does presenting every other week uh, on Wednesdays on the No Direction Network. And I really like when he finds uh, a guest that's really outside of the, the typical guest on one of our network shows. So I really recommend people check that out. And I also want to give a shout out to, as I said in today's blog, it's Dustin's birthday. So happy birthday to <laughs> Dustin. Kitsune Happy Warlock, birthday. he's in the chat just about every time we do anything live. Uh, he uh, he is almost like the the roving reporter in chat that uh, answers oh. our questions and keeps on top of the conversation. So it has a uh, lot of really good questions. Yeah, I, like any more these days, like thirty percent of the fantastic questions are Dustin questions. It's like, oh well, Dustin's again asking a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, happy uh, birthday. Otherwise, I guess, uh, I guess that's it for the episode. Uh, I'm up for a private sanctum. Are you? Yeah, let's go chat with our Patreons. So if you've enjoyed this episode uh, and you want to talk to us even more, because an hour wasn't enough for you, uh, afterwards on our very fantastic Discord server, we have the private sanctum for our patrons, which is basically just us talking about whatever you want us to talk about. Uh, so if you are listening to this live right now and you're like, yes, that is a thing I want to do, you can go subscribe to our patron uh, or Patreon rather, and then link it with your Discord account and you will automatically gain access to the private sanctum. And we hope to see you there. Until next time, I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And if you want to find the path, you need no direction.